Hi there! Welcome to the Universal Blueprint, a podcast series on the UN's 17 Sustainable Development Goals. The UN created these goals to be a blueprint to achieve a better and more sustainable future for all. Every episode, we'll delve into one goal and bring an expert in to share their perspective on it. Together, we'll learn how to make these goals into realities. This podcast is brought to you by the United Nations Association Chapter at Northeastern University and is produced by Mihiro Shimano and Elizabeth Yeager. Welcome to the Universal Blueprint. My name is Mihiro Shimano and I'm the host of today's episode. Thank you for tuning in to our first ever episode where we will be introducing the 17 Sustainable Development Goals created by the United Nations. The 17 Sustainable Development Goals were introduced by the United Nations in 2015 as a universal call to achieve a better and more sustainable future for all. They were a continuation of the Millennial Development Goals, which the UN set for 2015. The 17 SDGs serve as interconnected goals that have been adopted by all the UN member states and address the global challenges that we face. The goals are set to be achieved by 2030. The multidisciplinary goals range from no poverty to responsible consumption and production, from gender equality to clean water and sanitation. All these targets set specifically in each SDG are important and aim to achieve the bigger target goals. As the SDGs have now existed for five years and we are entering our last decade to achieve them, the UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres has called on all sectors of society to mobilize for a decade of action on three levels. First, global action to secure greater leadership, more resources, and smarter solutions for the Sustainable Development Goals. Second, local action embedding the needed transitions in policies, budgets, institutions, and regulatory frameworks for governments, cities, and local authorities. Third, people's action, including youth, civil society, the media, the private sector, unions, academia, and other stakeholders to generate an unstoppable movement pushing for the required transformations. To help us understand this mission, we have Margot Bailey joining us here today. Margot is the Community Outreach Manager at the United Nations Association of Greater Boston. Her background in business and philanthropy has aided her in her positions such as project management and measuring the progress of the SDGs. Furthermore, with her experience abroad, achieving her master's in Spain under Fulbright Scholarship, it has gained her interest in international relations. She joined UNAGB in 2019 and has an interest in how communities can work together to achieve goals. Her work at UNAGB entails supporting the adult community in Boston as well as promoting the SDGs throughout different platforms within the greater Boston area. Welcome to the podcast, Margot. Thank you so much for being here. So I guess I'll just start off the questions with why are the SDGs an important blueprint that everyone or Mm -hmm. the community should follow? Mm -hmm. I think what's important always, and you hear this a lot in different, whether it's nonprofit or business or government work, but you measure what matters. Um, So if you want to complete something, you want something to come to fruition, it's really important to kind of be very clear about what you want to happen, like have a clear goal and target, and then also be continuously um, measuring toward that. And I think when we explain this to kids in Model UN too, what the SDGs are and why they're important, we always bring it back to the context of like, imagine there's a room with 193 delegates of countries and it. You need to make sure no matter what like cultural background they're coming from or, or what what have you, that everyone's working toward the same thing. And I think that's where the sustainable development goals are really important. And within each one, it's not only that there's 17 goals, and you might look at one like life on land and say, what does that mean? 
within them, there are each one has like over eight to 10, sometimes more targets and indicators within them so that you clearly know, okay, part, a piece of this is how much deforestation is, is happening. And that's a part of what life on land means. And another is how much biodiversity are we, are we losing or how much are we keeping, um, things like that. So that it's very clear to people what all these things mean while mm-hmm. also bringing them up to the level of the 17 so that the community can see them and clearly know more or less what, what they could mean. Mm-hmm. So I think having those goals is very important at all levels for the community and also for the people in policy who need to look every year to see how they're tracking toward them. With 17 SDGs and goals and indicators mm-hmm. and targets, how can we make sure that these SDGs are actually implemented and carried out? Mm-hmm. So there's a few different ways that that's being done. If you're looking at it from the United Nations level, each year they have a high-level political forum on sustainable development. So they look at, I don't remember how many it is each year, but usually it's like three or four each year that they'll do kind of, it's usually in the summer, they'll do a high-level review to make sure that we're tracking toward them. And if we're not, to raise the alarm Mm -hmm. um, on that we're not. And I can go into that in more detail later on, but there are like a number of SDGs where the goals are very ambitious and we're not currently tracking toward them for 2030. Um, And those are the things that they find out when they do the high-level political forums where all the leaders who helped create the SDG come together and um, figure that information. In terms of like how can at that country level or how at a community level can these be done when we get out of the out of the UN, I think as citizens it's really important that we recognize the importance of of these things and we're when we are talking, if you're going to be doing any advocacy work and talking to your elected official, that you're also referencing what are the targets we're working toward um, and understanding where your community is on that target and then bringing that up um, to your elected official. Or it could be like as a consumer, if you're looking at business practices and seeing how business might impact the environment or something like that, you also can be kind of thinking about aligning your interests or your, your business uh, loyalty toward uh, businesses that have interest in supporting the SDGs, which we see mm-hmm. in a number of things. Um, one example, because I came from the business community originally, the UN Global Compact, which um, kind of make is a compact of businesses that are working toward the SDGs and the mission of the UN have signed on to it and are being measured each year toward it, has just done a partnership with B-Lab, which is a nonprofit started in the U.S. Um, that as certified businesses based on their um, good governance, their community work, their how they treat their employees, their customers, and the community. And those two have just come together to create an SDG action manager. So kind of the reach of the UN Global Compact, as well as the really great expertise of um, B-Lab in certifying businesses and the uh, SDGs and their really fine um, refined targets and so together have come together to create this tool um, to help local businesses or big multinational businesses also work toward the SDGs. So there's a myriad of ways and I think the important thing is reaching them means we all have to be working in the myriad of ways to to get there. Like there's going to be multiple paths um, to 2030 and it's not just one way or one answer. And I think Everyone has to more or less ask themselves, how can I support these? And then figure out what path makes sense for them from there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and especially for people just 
looking at one SDG or all of them. And why do these SDGs cover so many issues? Mm-hmm. Especially because some issues are seen as like more pressing than others. And some people may argue that we need to focus more of our efforts on one SDG mm-hmm. rather than another. And how would you respond to that? Yeah. So a few different layers to my answer here. The first is that if we're looking at you know measuring what matters and you're looking at those 17 on the top line, you also have to recognize that every person is going to have a preference for what their their SDG, what their passion area is towards SDGs. And I think the goal of these is to make it make people feel like no matter what, part of the global agenda for 2030 is reflected upon within these global goals. So maybe I'm uh, health, um, I'm, I'm active in global health and public health. Mm-hmm. So I see SDG three really clearly, and I might not necessarily care about um, something like SDG nine, which is innovation, industry, and infrastructure. Which then brings me to my second point. A lot of the SDGs are designed to be interlinked. So the that innovation piece. Also, one of the targets within there is measuring innovation, and it can be innovation toward what what kind of research and new products are we creating for the in the medical field. Um, the same thing. I mean, climate action is obviously a big one, and climate action is not only one SDG, but it's also highly um, linked to life below water, life on land, um, as, as well as uh, clean water and sanitation, and um, affordable energy. Um, So you're seeing all those things interlinked. And within the targets, too, you'll see even more clearly how they're linked. Like I was considering doing um, an event on industry innovation infrastructure, but wanted also to be talking a lot about the um, like carbon policy and carbon pricing, and one of the one of the targets within SDG nine is actually focused in on making sure that we get the economy, we innovate the economy so that it's a lower carbon economy, um, and that there's fewer CO two emissions. So, I think what's important to remember is one, the SDGs are designed so that they can be appealing to everyone, and two, they're all interlinked. So, working toward one does mean often that you're supporting another. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and earlier you talked about the progress of the SDGs mm-hmm. and how they're going to look in 2030 and mm-hmm. that in some areas we might be lacking. Mm-hmm. So far, do, do you think the SDG progresses look promising or do you think we need to continue working mm-hmm. harder to achieve these goals? Yeah. I don't always want to raise alarms, but I think that the UN is starting to move toward that we need to raise alarm. And I think they've been kind of looking at, as they've had five years of high-level political forums, they've looked at, I think, all of the SDGs now and reviewed them at least once. Um, and there are definitely some that need help and are not on track. I mean, one that's person personally salient to me is um, quality education for all. That one is greatly off track. They just reviewed it in July. Um, and so there's still a lot of work that needs to be done there. And I think it's important that we do recognize um, we do recognize that, yes, we need to continue working harder. And also, I think it just takes people, you know, the first five years, it's like people are realizing what these are and what the, like, what does this mean? Um, and then it's, you're seeing all this more action and traction of like, okay, now we need to actually be doing this work. Um, so I do think that people need to be a little bit more alarmed about some of them because they are ambitious goals. And it's not just because we put them out there that it's going to happen. It's also people like me and uh, officials at the UN saying, hey, there's a lot more work that we need to be doing. Mm -hmm. So we should all be taking some action on it. (laughs) 
going off mm-hmm. you you talking about UN officials and you and how much more effort needs to be placed in political action mm-hmm. um, and change and how can we as young people cause political change mm-hmm. for example within policies yeah. like that so one of the things that I'm working on currently with the SDG the UNAGB SDG committee in Boston is really bringing these are very global goals and bringing them down to the local level so what we're doing is um, creating these SCG mapping documents where we take um, the report from the Sustainable Development Solutions Network, which is um, a nonprofit organization supported or endorsed by um, Antonio Gutierrez. Um, and that is measuring like all the major metropolitan areas within the US, um, how they're tracking toward the SCGs. And we're using that information for Boston to then say, okay, this is where Boston is, because a lot of times people don't know where Boston is tracking toward the SDGs and then identifying advocacy opportunities that already exist or new pieces of legislation that are coming up. And I think the important thing there is like very localizing that data and presenting it to people and raising awareness about it because it is there, but I I didn't even realize it was there until a few months ago. And so I'm trying to create more awareness around that. And I also want to really focus on collective action. So this idea of like, I'm not gonna be coming and proposing new legislation or anything of that nature, or trying to start, you know, out of UNAGB, some sort of um, like tree planting group or something. Mm -hmm. Instead, I'm gonna look for a nonprofit, like we just had um, uh, Speak for the Trees Boston come in and have them come in. They're already doing that work, already in the community, and kind of giving them the platform so that they can get more volunteers and more support for the work that they're doing to improve the urban tree canopy in Boston. Um, So things like that. I think students just need to be kind of like looking out for that kind of thing or looking at the data and then identifying their the own the other things that they can be doing to kind of work toward it locally. And I think starting local and then working up toward global makes the most sense for students and community members um, just so it doesn't seem so overwhelming. Yeah. And as you start to work on it locally, you you gain an understanding of, okay, what else can be done? Like, how do I expand outside of Boston to Massachusetts, to um, the region, to the U.S.? And you can kind of see there how how things move. So I, I would encourage students to start kind of locally and to look at the work that we're doing at UNAGB on mapping the SDGs and also join it because it's fairly new work. So mm-hmm. the SDG committee is supporting us in um, identifying those advocacy opportunities. Um, and other organizations to support, so. Yeah, like within your work at UNAGB and working locally and at your time at UNAGB, have you seen Boston having implemented these SDGs or, Mm -hmm. for example, Boston um, endorsing it with the mayor or Mm -hmm. the senators or the people working within Mm -hmm. government? Yeah, so I think that, like, we haven't seen, like, like direct endorsement of Mm -hmm. it from the city, but... If you look at the Imagine Boston 2030 plan, it's pretty clearly like kind of a lot of the the goals within that plan track toward the SDGs. New York City is actually the only city that's formally like committed to the SDGs in this way. But Boston does have the Imagine 2030 plan, which in many ways is a link to it. I mean, even some of this stuff, even like something like industry innovation infrastructure, you see that I I cannot remember right now the... um, 
the name exactly of the department or mm-hmm. within the city of Boston, but they do have an organization that's kind of working on like, for example, like public spaces, spaces and housing, and like how do we use public spaces to increase housing opportunities within Boston, like working on innovation in that way. So I, I do think that a lot of the SDGs are being covered by the Imagine Boston 2030 plan. Um, the other thing I was going to say, if you do look at the um, the report put out by the SDS and the Sustainable Development Solutions Network, Boston does rank currently eighth out of all of the, I think it's like 105 major metropolitan areas in the U.S. Mm-hmm. So that's a ranking. But I was also talking with someone else who, um, uh, Michael Lake, who's the CEO of Leading Cities, a nonprofit that's run out of, it's an international nonprofit, but based in Boston. And he was saying how, he did, ranking is not his preferred method because, for one, it doesn't Im, like improve collaboration. Mm-hmm. These are kind of his words, not mine. Um, and it doesn't like encourage cities to like help each other. <laughs> and so that I, and it also it makes it a zero sum game, and it indicates to people that I because this city is above me, then if I want to get to that same place, then they have to go below me. But really, it should be more about like what's your rating? Can we all achieve? hundreds like this is not a bell curve in a class like it's not that some people have to receive c's and others and there's only a finite number of a's we can all reach 100 and i think the interesting thing with the sustainable development solution network um, u.s cities report is that it not only has the rating a ranking but it also has a rating so boston is eighth out of all of them but it's has a 63 percent of score currently. Mm-hmm. So we're 63% of the way there to reaching the SDGs. So there's still a lot of work to be done. I mean, if we're looking that on a scale that's like a D or something <laughs> like that. So um, there's still a lot of work to be done in order for us to get there. So we can, we can be happy about our ranking, but our rating, in my opinion, is still something that we need to be actively working on. But I do think that the city is cognizant um, and taking like active effort and working toward all the different targets within the SDGs. Yeah, so I know that Boston is one of like the leading sustainable mm-hmm. cities in the U.S. and you know it's ranked mm-hmm. eighth. And um, how can we, as a Boston area community and in general, just help other states or other countries, mm-hmm. for example, lower yeah. economic countries who might not have enough mm-hmm. time and the power to actually mm-hmm. talk about SDGs because they have other problems mm-hmm. that they have to deal with before? Yeah, how can we? as a leading community Mm -hmm. help other areas, I guess. I I think first is like, I like to think of that Boston is such an international city. And I think what's really important when we are doing work in other countries that we we work through the local people as much as possible. So I would argue that if you're an expat or if you come from immigrant parents or you have any sort of connection to other countries, especially developing countries around the world, that you look at what's going on in Boston here and you learn how to contextualize that and bring that information to your community so then you can then present it to them and kind of empower them from there. I think it's just always, and we see this more and more in international development, like being very cognizant of not trying to impose our ideas on other people and cultures because oftentimes it needs to be switched around a little bit mm-hmm. um, to work. So, But I do think that we are very sustainable and we are also very international, especially because of the huge higher ed community here. And so that's like a great opportunity to kind of the people who are here, they see how Boston works, they take that back home too. Um, In terms of within the the rest of the US or even like looking at this and comparing it to 
other other countries in the global north. Um, I think, again, one of the biggest things is just kind of collaborating with people. So within the rest of the U.S., obviously we're part of the UNIUSA uh, network, and there's going to be a global uh, engagement summit that anyone can attend until it sells out um, in New York City at UN headquarters on March 27th. And that's like an, a wonderful opportunity to go and meet other people who are coming from different states, may not be... Um, like I think it's Baton Rouge, Louisiana, which is unfortunately like ranked the lowest of all of the 105 or so um, major metropolitan areas that were in the SDSN report. Um, so if someone from Louisiana is there, like kind of sharing more like, hey, this is what we're doing with the SDG mapping in Boston, and maybe you should be doing that too. And even again, going back to measure what matters, like when people see exactly you know how are they if we're taking SDG 5 for example because we're coming up on um, National Women's History Month and International Women's Day like if they see exactly what the percentage of women's participation in government is and they understand if that's a red or green score area for them that's gonna like motivate them to start working toward that Um, so I think you know that's that's I think that's one of the major ways that we can help people um, just by inspiring them is by encouraging them to create a similar, like look at the data and create a similar kind of map that anyone in the community can read and see very clearly, oh, we're not doing good in this particular area and I know what that means. And I know that that means I should be encouraging, in the example of women in politics, like organizations that are focused on women in politics. Um, I should be supporting those kinds of nonprofits or I should be telling my neighbor who's a female leader that she should consider running for city council, things of that nature. So I think, but maybe I'm just a nerd and measure, <laughs> monitoring and evaluation excites me. But I do think it it motivates a lot of people. And I think we've seen that a lot within, you know, even the city rankings. Yeah. When articles like that come out, people get excited and they, they get competitive and want to do more. Um, but I think also if you just look at the ratings, people are also motivated by if my city's in the red on a certain area, they want to do better regardless of whether or not another city is ahead of them or not. Um, it's just, it's everyone wants to build their community. Um, so when it is in the red, they're encouraged to, to mm-hmm. move it to green. <laughs> yeah, I know you touched on this throughout your answers, yeah. but uh, how can our audience, so students, uh, young adults, mm-hmm. make an impact through the 17 SDGs, mm-hmm. especially as we don't have much power, I would yeah. like to say. Yeah. So, well, in terms of like the specific like northeastern audience going hyper, hyper local, I think we always need people to join the SDG committee. Um, right now, we're trying to do more to create these SDG maps and identify advocacy opportunities and key pieces of legislation. And through that exercise, I think students will realize where their passion areas are and make connections of which targets they can improve on. Because if you're if you're coming to me and suggesting that we work with, I don't know, like this public health organization, we we tell people that they should be um, supporting that organization's work and reading up on their resources. Um, then the person who suggested that is probably gonna be like, oh yeah, I forgot I had that connection with them, mm-hmm. and now I see very clearly how this ties into an SDG target, and I know that. I can go and work more with that organization in order to promote that we complete that SDG target. Um, so I think that's 
kind of helpful. It's really interesting. I, I yeah. feel like a lot of people aren't as aware of SDGs. Mm-hmm. When I, for example, when I go to UNA Northeastern, um, everyone talks about the SDGs. Uh-huh. Like everyone knows what the SDGs are. And if I go to an event, everyone's like talking about it. But then outside of those communities, I feel like people aren't as aware. Of. Yeah. People don't really care as yeah. much. Yeah. And I think it's true. That's why there are 17 high level goals. And when you look at something like life on land, and it means all these different things within it. But at the, like, if I look at life on land, just as a, if I were an average person, like, I see the green, I see the tree, mm-hmm. I I see, like, the wildlife. And, like, I could interpret that in so many ways. I could look at that and think, oh, yes, this one is, like, alluding to climate action or, or in climate change. Or it's, like, alluding to the importance of forests. Or it's alluding to the importance of biodiversity. And I think they were designed in that way to be so colorful and visual and also, like, open to interpretation of the multiple things that are encompassed within them so that anyone can look at it and kind of be inspired. It's a lot of marketing, quite honestly. Um, And I think what we can do too as advocates for the SDGs is even simply like incorporate that branding into more of what we're doing. Like professors, for example, could start marking what uh, SDGs like are they're going to be touching on within their syllabuses um, and things like that and just like raising brand awareness um, we even think about this with our of our model UN curriculum but often all of the model UN stuff that we do is related to the SDGs so tagging you know which SDG we're going to be working on working on when we're doing something related to cholera outbreak mm-hmm. it's very clearly SDG 3 um, it also might have to do with um, reduce inequalities and things things like that and making sure that it's health for all. Um, And that's another example of how the SCGs are often um, overlaying on each other and interconnected. So just highlighting for people within their work how it's connected to the SCGs, Mm -hmm. I think, is important. And you see that in companies, too. I think as we work with companies more and more, um, even in like presentations, corporate social responsibility is so important. And oftentimes, People who are running corporate social responsibility plans are putting the SDGs in and telling people, okay, yes, your work that you're doing here is also going to be related to the environment because maybe you're working in a manufacturing company that's trying to reduce its greenhouse gas emissions or create a product that actually in itself is going to help reduce greenhouse gas emissions and like making a clear connection for people within that. They know that they're doing good, but also connecting it to you're doing good for these global goals as well. So I think as students, you can also pose the question to yourself of how can we raise awareness? How can we make people realize that the things they're studying or the things that they're already doing in class can also indirectly be supporting these things? And I think it's important to recognize that it doesn't have to be some like grandiose like project um, in order like I don't it doesn't even have to be necessarily like a charitable project that you're doing like you're running maybe. I don't know, like a a food drive <laughs> or something in support of SDG2. And that's very clearly like you see the impact there. But I think it's also important to recognize the work of like you're even educating yourself on what SDG2 is and what it means and understanding that maybe if you're taking a nutrition class and you have a specific area of that class that touches on food security, um, that that is also working toward promoting SDG2 because it's raising so much awareness. And if people don't know about it, they're not going to work on these issues. And 
all this kind of thing. That was a very long-winded answer. <laughs> so you can re- Yeah, I think <laughs> it's really great that the 17 SDGs are so broad mm-hmm. and they cover so many aspects because I was looking at the millennial goals and they're not as broad mm-hmm. and I think that's what the UN focused on a yeah. lot. And so I feel like this time over, the 17 SDGs are really indicative of how much variety there is mm-hmm. in terms of the community and what people like to focus on, yeah. especially because you can't really focus on everything <laughs> yeah. all at once. Yeah. So I think it's a good way, especially with the indicators and the mm-hmm. targets, like specifically within mm-hmm. each SDG. I think it's really good for people to follow that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And what's your favorite SDG? <laughs> <laughs> um, I would have to say SDG four probably, but it's a toss up between that one and a decent work and economic growth. Um, I like SDG 4 because I originally like kind of got into this work because I was working at Lego and then um, moved into the Lego Foundation, which is really focused on learning through play um, and making sure that all children have access kind of to this playful um, opportunity to engage with learning. Um, and there's been tons, when I was there, they just started doing all the humanitarian work that they're doing now to make sure um, through UNICEF actually and other partners, BRAC, um, to make sure that the that children there had equal opportunities to experience learning through play and have these really enriching um, learning experiences. So I think that is the one that's kind of most important to me. And I also think it's important to me because of my second favorite one is Decent Work and Economic Growth. Um, I read this book, excuse me, a while ago, I think it was called Give Work, um, where it's just kind of like talking more and more to the importance of like, you don't give a man a fish, you teach him how to fish kind of mentality mm-hmm. um, and how important that is in terms of like creating sustainability, especially in developing nations and kind of alludes also to or is related also to my comments of like we need to be like empowering people in developing countries and letting them contextualize how they come to their own solutions um, because that's the way that they like from there that they can then grow and sustain and they know what to they know how to localize it best as well um, but also it shouldn't be that they're always relying on on other other countries other people always to be solving all those problems for them um, and I think decent work and economic growth just talks to the importance of how even like a family um, like making sure that the parents have access to be able to work, that they have the education to be able to work um, and provide for their family, how important that is. Mm-hmm. So those two are, I go in between the two <laughs> frequently, um, but those are my two favorite ones. And mm-hmm. I think that one leads into the other. Yeah. So. Thank you so Great. much. Yeah, no problem. We'd like to thank Margot for joining us here today, and to our audience, thank you for tuning in to today's episode on introducing the 17 SDGs. We hope that you were able to get a glimpse into what the Sustainable Development Goals entail and how we intend to create a movement moving forward towards building a sustainable community and world. We hope you'll join us next time for our next episode on SDG 16, Peace, Justice, and Strong Institutions, which will be out next month. See you next time.